Express. Stay up to date with the never-ending breaking news in the sports world on Greeny, featuring Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 on ESPN Las Vegas, KWWN AM Las Vegas. This is the remix. Collectively, our 41 schools are aligned in our emphasis on educational outcomes and on providing first-class experiences for our students who elect to participate at the highest level of intercollegiate athletics in America. The groins aren't very good usually. There's no signed contract. There's an agreement among three gentlemen, and there is a commitment from 41 presidents and chancellors and 41 athletic directors to do what we say we're going to do. So we're aligned in how we want to approach this, but there's no contract. There's no signed document, and there doesn't need to be. Started off with Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Radio. Some unnamed said that this is the year that people are going to be able to figure out Lamar Jackson. Have you heard? Did you hear that? Or what would your reaction be if I didn't hear that? We're going to keep playing football. We're going to see. But I doubt it, dude. I doubt it. I strongly doubt it. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Mike Ramala. Good morning, Mike. Is UNLV getting into the Pac-12 this week? I don't know. Um, That's more optimistic than I thought. Hey, there's a chance. Yeah, Yeah, I I honestly, uh, I just know that it's not a good time for UNLV probably to not have an athletic director and have like a (laughs) first-time university president who's been on the job for, you know, a couple months. You don't trust interim AD new president to navigate UNLV into a power conference. Come on. I, I, he, he may be capable of it. I would just, you know, if I, was a, if I was a fan of UNLV sports and wanted them to end up in the best possible situation when all this is over, I would probably want some stability at the top right now in this moment. Got to bring in Kunzer Murphy. Yeah, UNLV instability. That doesn't really happen around here. How many? How long have you been covering UNLV? How many different presidents, ADs, and football and basketball coaches have they had? Oh, I'd have to go back and count, but it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot, and uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be stopping anytime soon. No, it's going to keep going forever and ever and ever. So, uh, okay, I will ask you a couple UNLV football questions. Um, who's going to be the starter in week one? Just the start is going to be Doug Brunk, because I love the way he tossed that off. Like, okay, we'll, we'll talk about UNLV football. Like, I'll throw you a couple questions. But I think it's going to be Doug Brumfield. He, was, uh, he would look the best in the spring. He's pretty much held that, that job throughout uh, all of training camp. Tate Martell has never really had a chance to make a, a run at it due to his injury. Um, I think it's going to be Brumfield. Will Arroyo actually name him? Like, this is our starter. We're playing him until he's hurt or things go poorly, or is he not going to name a starter and Brumfield might start the game, but we see multiple quarterbacks in week one? I think probably closer to the second option. I don't see Arroyo naming a starter and coming out and being clear-cut and letting everyone know ahead of time, like, hey, it's it's a week to go before the first game, and Doug Brumfield's a starter, and he's going to get all the reps. And I don't see Arroyo doing that. I see him more like playing close to the vest. Um you know, it's a competition. Whoever gives us the best chance to win, Brumfield will start the game. Someone else might play a few uh, snaps or series. Um, that's kind of how I see it unfolding. It's, I don't think anyone has, you know, really separated themselves enough to earn that sort of distinction either. Mike Ramallah from the Las Vegas Sun here on the Press Box. Mike, based on what limited stuff you've seen in the spring practice and the fact they went 0-6, what is this offense going to actually look like? 
I think it's an offense where they want to run the ball and they want to get the hands in the, the ball in the hands of their receivers in open space. Basically, they're looking for open space. So it's going to be wide receiver screens. It's going to be quick throws. Um, it's going to be trying to get uh, mismatches, uh, get someone on a linebacker in open space where they can make that one-man miss, uh, that sort of thing. So it might look a little you know, gimmicky when it's going well. I don't think they're going to – you know, line up and try and power it, you know, right down, you know, the other team's face. Uh, but who knows? Like, we didn't really get a good look at it last year. They're not really letting us watch practice uh, in training camp. So this is just my educated guess based on what I know about Arroyo and the kind of things I think they were trying to do last year is, you know, the quick right receiver screens and stuff like that. What's your number on games that Tate Martell will start at quarterback for UNLV this year? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really plotted it out. Um, I do think he will get a chance at some point. I do think he will start some games. I think all three guys will start games at some point. I think it's that much of a uh, tangled sort of mess at quarterback where they're all going to get a chance to play, so it doesn't even really matter who's the, the starter week one. Martel will get his chance. I'd say he'll start multiple games. He didn't have a spring practice. <laughs> it's The whole season is spring practice, Jared. <laughs> that's that's Marcus Rowe. The, the season is basically spring practice. That's when you get a chance to look at everyone and sort of work out your stuff. So he can Tate Martell will get his. He'll have his spring reps in the fall. <laughs> All right, give me a breakdown. How was it getting in and out of SoFi Stadium in LA? Uh, it took a long time to get in. You know, I, I really, I really have to applaud the Raiders. Um, they had their first preseason game with full attendance. And getting in and out, for me, for the media anyways, was a total breeze. You know, it's a five-minute walk from the parking lot. You know, you're in and out of the lot before and after the game. SoFi Stadium is a mess. You know, it's 90 minutes to get in if you're driving. Um, I got lost in the stadium afterwards, which is the second time wait, that's happened. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Nope, nope. In, in the stadium you got lost? In the stadium, because you have to go from the press box. You have to go down. The press box is on, like, level 12. and You have to go down to, like, level 5 or 6 or 7. <laughs> To get to like the concourse and go out to the parking lot, and I was having a hard time. And only certain elevators go to certain floors. I was having a hard time with that, so it took me another 25 minutes to, you know, circle the stadium a few times on a couple different floors, find the right elevator, get to the right, get to the right level, and get out to my car. So, um, definitely Allegiant Stadium, much more convenient than than SoFi Stadium. So you beat traffic. I did beat traffic. Uh, by the time I got out, there was no one left. So that was, that was a, I guess, a good thing for the media. So, okay. So SoFi Stadium traffic leaving might be bad if you actually know your way out of the stadium. If you're leaving when normal people leave, <laughs> that it, I'm assuming it's a huge issue because it was so bad going in. It's, how, how is it going to be any better getting out? But, yeah, for, I, I definitely made it worse on myself. Would you say the Raiders preseason is boring? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, they're not playing any starters. They are basically these are just extended practices for rookies and second year guys and undrafted guys. They're basically just trying to evaluate evaluate spots, you know, forty five through fifty three on the roster. Like, which ten guys are we going to keep that are on the bubble? Um, I think that's pretty much all they're using preseason for. So, if you're not like a diehard football guy who's really into the back end of a middle of the pack roster then what are you really getting out of these preseason games? So I would say it's boring. It doesn't even feel like, do we have a single legitimate position battle? Mm, you know, the 
maybe like at slot corner, if you if you you know think Nate Hobbs and you know Nevin Lawson or whoever whoever else is battling out for that slot corner job, because Nate Hobbs has been probably the biggest story of preseason. You know, all giving all that time to rookies and you know late round picks has really given him a chance to shine. So that's a that's a good thing, and that's been one interesting story. So maybe maybe there, there's your position battle. So the position battle is Nate Hobbs has been good in the preseason, and he'll beat out Nevin Lawson, who is suspended for the first two games of the season. Yes, it's an epic, <laughs> just an epic battle. <laughs> All right. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Mike and I have exchanged dog sitting for each other over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, had Lucas ever been to a soccer game before? He's never been to a soccer game. I'm not sure he's ever seen a soccer ball. So you really, you really brought in his his horizons by taking him to that that FC game. <laughs> Your dog is much uh, more well behaved than my dogs. Just so you know. Yeah. Did he get into it? Was he? Did he seem like he was having a good time? I mean, he was just like chilled the whole time. Like he just sat there and would was either looking at the field or just looking at the people around him. But he didn't really like. I don't think he barked the entire time we were there or anything. Yeah, well, you know how dogs and their owners, they tend to take after each other after a while? <laughs> so I've had him for like seven years now, so it, we basically share the same personality. So that's how I would act if no. he brought me into a, into a public setting as well. So it's it makes sense. No wet food. <laughs> yeah, no wet food, no interaction with anyone. I'm just going to sit there. I'll look out at the field. And so I'm, I'm proud of the way he, he behaved himself. What is he afraid to eat? Luke, nothing. He'll eat anything. I'm okay. sure you've figured that out, but too. anything he finds on the floor. Pine cone, stick, coin. <laughs> he loves pencil erasers. If I leave a pencil anywhere within his, his grasp, he will chew the eraser off. Um, so I, I do have to keep an eye on him for that. Uh, hold on, Jared. Question for you. When's the last time you used a pencil? Um, ooh, probably a couple years. Yeah, Mike, do you use a pencil like every day? Yeah, I use pencils all the time. I uh, I like to write things out. No, just, I, I use a pen every day. Just like your thoughts, you write them out? No, if I'm making notes or if I'm, you know, doing math or whatever, you know, I just like to have a pen and a, uh, I like to have a pencil handy. A lot of times I use like the little um, half pencils with no erasers now because of Lucas and he will get S. So sometimes I I have those are strewn about the house, probably like 50 little miniature pencils. Um, and if there's anything on my mind that I need to write down, that's how I do it. So, so when you, if you happen to walk through a like sports book, you're the guy who's just grabbing. All oh the yes. Pencils. I shovel those pencils into my, into my bag or my pocket. Definitely. I have no shame. Like the first time I saw them, I was like, wow, I'm going to take an extra one for myself. And I hope no one sees. Um, but now I just, I go in there and I don't care. I'll take out my tote bag and I'll just empty that whole box in, in there. Okay. I have an important question that I know about you that I don't know anybody listening does. Um, how has your straw addiction held up during the pandemic? It was okay. I was worried, uh, a little bit at first because one time I went to the grocery store and they didn't have straws. Um, but it's been for the past year plus it's been fine. I stocked up the first time they had them. Uh, so I've, you know, I've had, I haven't gone below like 10 boxes of straws in a long time. For those of you I that ch- don't or you can explain it. What do you do with these straws, Mike? I chew on them. Yeah. Like I roll them up into a like, a, like a little ball. And then I just chew on them. Like it's gum or something, which, and I'm not the only person who does that. There are other notable people 
and chew on straws. <laughs> like Karan, Karan Butler is a big one. He had stories written about him when during his playing days. The NBA made him stop chewing on straws during games. So it's I'm not the only one. There are dozens of us. Dozens of people that chew on straws. And if you guys didn't catch that detail, uh, what Mike said was he has not gone below 10 boxes of straws in his house at any point in time. Because well, he, what, he, cause the other yeah. thing he's explained to me is he's very worried that, you know, the environment is killing off plastic straws and Mike's not going to have plastic straws to chew on in the future. If at some point they pass a law that says no more plastic straws and they go all paper, then I'm done. Like there's, then there's no more reason for me to even go on, probably. <laughs> they make so, I, so I need an Armageddon-level stockpile of straws. I pretty much have a cabinet that's just dedicated to straws and other plastic silverware, and right now it's loaded with straws. They make, like, edible straws. Like, they make straws. I don't want to eat them. I don't want to eat them. I want to chew on them. I like the plastic and, you know, the, the I just like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, important question to preview a future guest on this show. Uh, have you ever tried coffee? No. Well, when I was a no. kid, a, a very small kid, like I would, t- I took a sip of like my mom's coffee when it was like cold or something, but n- never like actually tried coffee. Would you be willing to try a pumpkin spice latte? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't like pumpkin. I've never had pumpkin. I, it, that's not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Those two statements can't both be true. You can't say, I don't like pumpkin. I've never had pumpkin. You I have to. Tell. I can tell. <laughs> no. You don't, you don't need to. We've been over this. You don't need to taste something to tell if you're going to, to know if you're going to like it or not. And I know I'm not going to like the taste of pumpkin. Um, coffee is not something that's very appealing to me. I don't want to mix those two things together. So I'm going to probably pass on that. Wow. Unless you make, unless it's like something less, you know, I'm getting something out of it. Oh, if, you, if you are willing right. to pay, Mike will put his taste buds on the line. In November, we're having Mike in studio and we are forcing him to eat a piece of pumpkin pie. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it for a hundred boxes of straws. How about that? <laughs> Hundred boxes. What do you think I yeah, am? Made of money? Well, you, nego- you can negotiate me down, maybe. But well, yeah, let's start. Let's start with a hundred boxes of straws, and I will try a pumpkin latte. Well, he is Mike Ramala from the Las Vegas Sun. Mike, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All I right. Just, I don't know what the. <laughs> you can tell. Here we go. You can tell. Tyler. We got tickets to something Mike Ramala would never attend—a culinary feast. Winner gets two tickets to the Culinary Feast on Sunday, September 5th, out at the Lake Las Vegas Golf and Food Festival at Reflection Bay Golf Club. Uh, that runs Friday, September through or 3rd through September 5th. I've done that both times in this read. Mispronounced the word third. But 702-364-1100 is the number. We'll take caller number three, and you will get two tickets to the Culinary Feast out at Lake Las Vegas Golf and Food Festival. Guys, guys. Did you know that I actually have a civil case against that that stole my husband? Don't sue a stripper. Why not? She's a stripper. Life sued her, and she lost. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Sam, Ed ditched me. Ash has ditched you, so it's just you and me today. It's a it's a lonesome twosome, but we're gonna add Jared to it, right? So there'll 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 be at least three of us here. Yeah, it's a little scary I mean, when we add Jared to it. 
<laughs> Normally, it's Jared incriminating himself. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which we like. We like that. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. We, the people find well, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into this Tyler Skaggs story with the wow, Angels yeah. because Tyler Skaggs was a former pitcher for the Angels. He died during the season in his hotel room when they were on a road trip. And there are a lot of accusations now that are centered around the former Angels communication director, Eric Kay. Um, he has been accused of giving Tyler Skaggs counterfeit oxycodone pills that were laced with fentanyl. Um, he's been accused of supplying oxycodone to multiple Angels players. He's been accused of using his uh, company email to contact people to buy drugs from. He's been accused of uh, offering tickets and signed memorabilia from players to people if they would bring oxycodone to Angel Stadium because he couldn't leave to go meet them somewhere else that day. Um, yep. All accusations right now, he hasn't been found guilty of any of that right here. But I guess my first question would be, if you are the Angels right now, how much are you able to say, no, this is an Eric K problem versus how liable are they going to be as an organization for this? It's funny. So I have a very good friend who is a senior guy in the front office of the Angels, and I'm dying to have a conversation about this with him. And of course, I have not because I'm not that guy that's going to ask. I know that this is something that is a major, major headache. And I'll tell you, the organization, the Angels are great. They're a great group of people. And uh, Dennis, who's my friend, who's the chairman uh, of the team, is a is a is a solid guy. And we're together on a board. And I th I think he's an honest person. So my prejudice here is a little bit to to take a to be a little bit defensive of the Angels. Now let me put my lawyer hat on as an independent person evaluating this. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, if if this if this uh, trainer right, if if Eric communications director um, Eric K is so blatant and overt in in these acts as to be going in and out of the the office out to the parking lot you know meeting people in the stadium and and being a, a drug pusher how did the how did the front office not know about it right i mean how did this not come to their attention the re and 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 that's i think that's the question right it's not going to be it's it's not going to be one part of it obviously if you can find smoking gun proof that they're is evidence that they knew that's one thing but the the real question is how could they not have known about it so okay on the idea of tyler skaggs like you have somebody who takes oxycodone or thinks he's taking oxycodone but it's actually laced with fentanyl how much like if you're tyler skaggs family how much is this going to come down to like personal responsibility where tyler skaggs shouldn't have been taking that versus hey somebody was giving it to him like i'm just curious like where where does the responsibility lie on the person that was taking it versus the person that was supplying it yeah that's the that's the thing right this is a, a classic case of what what assumption of risk did did uh did skaggs um make and and what and and what happens with assumption of risk is they're they're it, it's not liability doesn't necessarily have to be and in california right this is going to be in california court well california law is going to prevail and we have full comparative fault in california which means you know you can get damages if you're if you're if you're um if if the other party's one percent or a hundred percent responsible so it's this huge grayscale here in nevada it's a little bit different you have to be more than 50 percent. the other guy needs to be more than 50 percent responsible so so the 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 doesn't the the suit can proceed even if the jury ultimately decides 
that Skaggs had some responsibility for this, if that makes sense. Um, and, and, and you know what? That's the risk of this case because you could get 12 people on that jury that looks at this and goes, yeah, but Skaggs, you know, he took pills when he shouldn't be taking pills and he didn't get help for it and he had, a, he had an addiction and, and yeah, it was supplied by this guy working for the organization, but maybe the organization didn't know. And I, I mean, there's a very good chance that this lawsuit doesn't, you know, get, gets, if it goes all the way to trial, that, that the family loses. There's a strong chance of that. What would happen to Eric K? Because the family is, they're going after the angels as part of this too. But like what, I guess criminally, like what charges or prison time, like what would happen to Eric K specifically? Well, uh, last week, um, last week he got charged. So the, the oh, okay. charges have already been filed okay. against him. And I, I I don't have it in front of me what all it, what all it was. But I mean, the, the DA threw the book at him. <laughs> he's got, he's criminally, uh, I don't, he's going down. So I, I think Kay's going to jail. Uh, and that, by the way, I think the family's lawyer knows that. And so what they've got, they've got a guy who's got criminal charges pending against him. Any money he has is going, has already, is being written in a fat, you know, retainer check to his criminal defense attorney. So the dude doesn't have any money. That's why they're bringing in the angels because the, the angels are the only, is the only entity here who potentially bears responsibility that has any amount of money to pay. And so that's, I think, you know, it makes sense to me strategically why Skaggs family's attorney uh, is bringing in the angels. So Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234. Um, on the angel side of this, is it in their best interest to just settle this out of court to try to make it go away as quickly as possible? Because this is about as bad of a story as a baseball team can have in the news. Yeah. So my question to so you is how much story. are we, I, I mean, not, no, but here's my question to you, right? You have a sports program. So how, how often, let's say this thing goes all the way through to trial between now and the first day of trial, how much are you really going to talk about this? Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, any, I would say for us, probably anytime there was a, a new detail that came up and then when the result was, was whatever the final result would be. Right. So the new details would all come out only would only be publicized once it goes to trial. So 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 between now and call it two years from now, maybe three because of the backlog due to covid, you're going to go through discovery, pretrial, everything. And, and so three years out, let's say there's a trial. Um, and I think there's a good chance it does settle. Right. I mean, I think I think the family if their lawyer is worth his salt, he's going to tell them, look, there's a chance we could lose this, right? This isn't a slam dunk case. And on the part of the team, there's a, a reluctance to go to that, that period in time three years from now when suddenly this, this nasty ghost gets resurrected and, and gets dragged through the media because there's a play-by-play -play of what happened in court and what revelations are in court. Uh, what will really matter is what comes out in discovery right when they go and depose these different people if they if i think if the lawyers for for skaggs family find out like that they're for sure someone in the in the office knew about it someone in team leadership knew about it and turned a blind eye i think that is going to prompt the team to want to settle this very quickly so sam if you were the angels lawyer and maybe i this is also me maybe putting on too much of like an empathy hat. Why, why, why wouldn't you just tell them, guys, the, the best way to look is to come out right now and go, 
whatever the family needs, we we miss Tyler too, so we're just going to take care of them no matter what, a la what the Marlins did when Jose Fernandez died. Like, why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't you, like, if you're the lawyer, go, guys, just step out in front and be like, whatever they want, we'll settle it, that's fine. You know, we, we, lost, a, we lost someone too. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what the family's demanding, right? So, and I don't know who their lawyer is, and I don't know what, what posture their lawyer has taken. So that, that is a challenge to do if the, if the family, and I, I, again, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, if they're, if they're asking for an, an, if they have an open-ended demand or they're asking for, you know, $100 million Jesus. or something insane, right? Yeah. I, I don't know what they're asking for, right? This guy had a high earning capacity. So I wouldn't be surprised if the if the demand was for a really really big number and that that number might not be might not be anywhere near what a reasonable settlement would be in this case so they're just too far apart to try to sing kumbaya i, I mm. so i get it from a pr perspective it would be great but just from a uh, and 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 maybe their lawyer is look for a lot of lawyers when they take a case like this this is their this is their huge win, right? They scored a giant case. They see a lot of dollar signs. And sometimes lawyers get greedier than their clients. This is you know, why you need a good lawyer representing you because sometimes the lawyer will put his interests ahead of yours. The, the family's interest might be to get a fair settlement and move on. Um, and the lawyer looks at this as a, as a giant golden egg that they've gotten and, and, they're, and they're, they're, they're taking a very aggressive posture and they're taking a family that's still grieving and that's reeling from this unexpected tragic loss and maybe taking a little bit advantage of it, if that makes sense. I did want to ask you a question about Trevor Bauer as well. The judge uh, denied the restraining order that was against Trevor Bauer. But what does that mean as far as like what could happen next with a criminal or a civil case against Trevor Bauer? I think this is great news for Trevor Bauer. Um, and, and the reason for it is it's, it's, it goes to the basis of the denial of that uh of that uh restraining order the judge found right the trier of fact which is what the judge is found that the woman pursued him <laughs> that was that's in the court record and that goes a little bit to the heart of some of her allegations right because she's her lawyer came out again with a very aggressive posture that that Bauer went after her, that he did all these things to her. She, he, there was no consent, or he exceeded whatever consent there was. And and I, from the beginning, Ashley too, we both said, let's just wait and wait for the facts to come through. And then suddenly, you know, a lot of facts came through, a lot of text messages, things like that. But here, fine, we have a judge that is looking at it and denying it. There's no risk to her. Uh, you know, he basically determined there's no risk to her, and that 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 Bauer's uh, you know pursuing her. So I, I think this is a good sign for how any. And remember, no criminal charges have been filed. This is the DA's determining whether to file charges, and the DA can only file charges if he if he in good conscience, ethically, right, in good conscience, believes that there um, is a basis for uh, a, a, a potential basis for conviction, and there's a there's a certain legal standard for that. So I, I, I don't know. I, if I had to put money on this, I would say that the DA ultimately will decline to prosecute this. Okay. That is uh, interesting. And Trevor Bauer did plead the fifth during that entire time as well, which was 
potentially to not incriminate himself. <laughs> but uh, it's SamAndAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234. Just Sam today with us. But Sam, we appreciate hey. the time. Maybe next week Ed and Ash will actually be here. <laughs> No. Wouldn't it be great to get the whole gang together? <laughs> I feel like yeah, the four of us <laughs> haven't talked to each other in like two months. I know. Let's do it. Let's make that happen. I I believe. I, God, I wish. No. <laughs> Logistically. Hey, all right. Good luck. All right. All right. Uh, take care, Tyler. Jared, appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thank Sam. you. So nice. SamAndAshLaw.com. 702-820-1234 is the phone number. He casually just name-dropped the chairman of the Angels. Yeah, why not? By the first game, it was just it was just delightful. Yeah, me and Dennis, we go way back. All right, coming up next, <laughs> Justin Emerson joins the show. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Justin Emerson, who is not here today to talk at all about sports, but to follow up on a promise that we made a couple weeks ago. You are now drinking the pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, but we are thoroughly disappointed in you because you are a whole day late. This thing was out yesterday and you didn't have it already? No, no. I got grief from my wife about it. She's she's the pumpkin queen in the household, and she's she, she turned me to the dark side, orange side, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, I missed out on it yesterday. I don't know what I was thinking. I did get uh, the Duncan had its pumpkin day last week, and I was I was there right away. So I don't know if that's redeeming at all. There are You're doing multiple stops at different shops for pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, yeah, it's not hockey season, so I figure right now I'll just go around to all the shops and 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 do all their pumpkin spice drinks because, um, well, quite frankly, I don't have a whole lot going on right now. Do you so, have a def- uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a definitive ranking? Well, it's just the two so far. Um, I don't know. I like the hot pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, but I prefer the iced one from Dunkin'. Um, I'll let you know if I have any more. I guess the one from Trader Joe's that come in a little cake up uh, isn't too bad. So I guess that would be three. So um, if you got any others, if you got any others, let me know. I'll I'll try them all. Pumpkin spice latte, very much a a <laughs> fall drink uh, associated yeah, with yeah, like first you know. Day of fall is- First day of fall is when Starbucks releases yeah. pumpkin spice Yeah, very much like with, you know, say Halloween, not August 20th. Um, is this turning into like... Uh, Don't be ridiculous. Calm down. Is this turning into <laughs> like Christmas commercials on TV where we feel like they're happening earlier and earlier every year? We're having a lot to talk about. Yeah. Huh? I, or about coffee and he yeah. says, Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you know, it might be. Uh, I think last year... Uh, Starbucks released it on August 25th, I want to say. It was the 24th this year, and Dunkin' beat them to the punch, too. So maybe there's some sort of um, industry battle between Dunkin' and Starbucks to see who can release it first. But, uh, yeah, I think the first day of fall is when Starbucks says it is. That's the kind of, that's the kind of power that they have over our, over our calendar now. All right, important question for you. How do you feel about Sparky the Sun Devil being named the seventh creepiest mascot in college sports? Sounds about right, to be honest. I mean, I, I went to Arizona State, but have you seen that thing? Yes, I <laughs> have. Sparky, but uh, it's not. It's 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 something to behold, which is funny because a couple of years ago they actually released a different Sparky um, uh, mascot costume, 
and it was so hated by everybody and called, like, even creepier. I'll send you a picture when we're done. But they had to replace it and get a new one. So there's a whole lot of things going on with Sparky over there. Oh, creepy mascots. What? Okay, hold on. I do need to ask you. Uh, mascots in Las Vegas, which one do you think is the best? Which one's the best? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, hmm. I guess the thing that the Aces have, what is it, that rabbit? What do they call it? Buckets! Uh, buckets. Yeah, that, that thing's pretty cool. Uh, I don't mind Chance over with the Golden Knights. That rocker thing that the, that the lights have uh, that definitely isn't, Johnny Cash or Elvis or whatever, they're definitely not trying for it to be. Um, yeah, I'll go with Buckets, though. I like Buckets. Uh, I'm going to need you to do me a favor and uh, yeah. either go to an Aces game or just Google a picture of Buckets and just look into his eyes and then report back oh, yeah. on whether or not you think he's the best mascot or let not. Me, let it make me, I, I like Buckets because it makes me think about kind of my own life. It gets introspective. It's like, what are you doing? And you know, Buckets is seeing you do it, so it just makes you a better person, I think, just its entire existence. Okay, that's a whole different le- Like, uh, We might need to get a psychiatrist to come on weekly and just talk to our guests if that's, if that's how you're interpreting Buckets. But let me paint you a mental picture. You're okay, walking okay. down the street. It's about 1130 at night. Uh, you've turned down an alleyway. It's dimly lit. <laughs> And uh, you hear a sound behind you, and you turn around, and you see buckets. It's the most horrifying well, thing in the entire world. Would you rather see buckets or Sparky the Sun Devil? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. That's kind of Sparky. The, I think I'm taking Sparky. sparky. I think I'm taking He's Sparky. He's got less deranged eyes. Yeah. It's He's the, a devil, a literal devil. Like, that thing, you want to see that when you're walking? I don't think so, pal. I know what I'm dealing with when it's the devil, when it's this creepy-ass bunny over yeah. here. I don't know what he's got. The devil's going to at most offer me some sort of deal right. or right. challenge right. me to play the fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> I might lose my soul, but I'm going to get a good 10 years before he takes it. A good deal here. I just here, Here's the thing, Justin. We do a lot of mascot talk around here because I am a firm believer that most mascots are creepy. Uh, and it has to do with their eyes being peeled open and they never can blink or change their <laughs> facial expression. But in Las Vegas, especially, we have terrible mascots. To me, Chance oh, is the only mascot in this town that's any good. The rest of the mascots oh, wow. in this town are creepy. The Speedway dice isn't horrible. It, well, that one doesn't count. It's just dice. But like, oh, oh, Spruce the Goose, the aviator's secondary mascot. Who wears sunglasses so you can't solid. see. Oh, yeah, yes. they, they need to bring back Cosmo for sure. Like, that was that would have been a runaway winner. <sighs> Jar Jar Binks! <sighs> but I'm just, you take, you listen, you take Buckets, you take the weird aviator man, you take Cash the soccer rocker, Hey Reb, even though he's retired now, all of them slightly mortifying, like kind of terrifying mascots. And as Jared said, if you saw them late at night walking down the street, your life would be over. Just wait until we get an elephant down at a baseball stadium. I don't think they're coming, but it'd probably be less creepy yeah. than what we have here. Be way better. All right, Justin, enjoy right. your pumpkin spice latte. We appreciate your time this morning. Did you actually just have me on and not ask one hockey question? That's fantastic. All right, here's, here's I'll give you a quick answer. One word answer. Who has the better save percentage this year, Flurry or Leonard? Leonard. All right, there you go. Justin Emerson from the he Las Vegas hockey. Sun. <laughs> have a good day, guys.
I had no hockey questions. Yeah, for no, him. I thought the whole deal. I thought he knew. Like we literally were having him on. I did. Pumpkin size. I laptop. told him yesterday because I saw I saw like a commercial or something or a tweet about pumpkin spice lattes, and I was like, oh, we told Justin we'd have him on. When that came out, we missed the day. And I texted him, and he's like, oh, I didn't have it. And I was like, oh, you failed us, but that's okay. We'll have you on tomorrow. Yeah, we. We need to. We're gonna have Paul Gutierrez on what the month, the Tuesday after the Raiders opening game, and ha- ask him exclusively about his black belt <laughs> and Steve Carp as a teacher. <laughs> and we got to do all right. One more answer on the Raiders, good or bad game. <laughs> all right, we got tickets to Four. give away. Four tickets you're getting to the Vegas Kickoff Classic. BYU, Arizona, Saturday, September fourth at Allegiant Stadium. We got four tickets. Right now, caller number 9-702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. You will win four tickets to go watch BYU and Arizona. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Everyone has a right to make their own decisions regarding their health and their body. Uh, I believe in that completely uh, until your decision as to yourself impacts negatively many others. Then the common good takes over. And I'm arm-waving here, but uh, that has everything to do with the way I look at our team, the Cowboys, or the way I look at our society. Uh, We have got to check eye at the door and go forward with we uh, your Dallas Cowboys are doing that. You're locked in the press box. Here's a fun story. Tom Pelissero just tweeted. Vic Fangio informed the team Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. So not Drew Locke. They saw enough of Drew Locke to go to Teddy Bridgewater. All right. Uh, we are. Oh, by the okay. way, who who won the tickets? Uh, I completely forgot what name you told me during the break. Tom! Tom, congratulations, Tom. He is going to BYU and Arizona at Allegiant Stadium. Um, okay. We'll have more uh, We'll have more four packs to give away throughout the week. Sounds good. Now, I was saying that to the audience. The biggest right. mistake that I make on this show is trusting Jared. Now, I'm going to trust Jared right now because what are we about to do? We're going to play a voicemail. We have a voicemail line. You can leave us a voicemail. We're going to play a voicemail that has not been listened to. Right. But so the the, the usual, the good news with the voicemail line is uh, Google will a lot of times give me like a trans, like transcribe it automatically. Transcription not available. So I haven't had the time to listen to it, but it's at least a reasonable length. So it's uh, about 21 seconds. Jared is going to have his finger on the dump button. Uh-huh. Just in case. Here we go. Don't do this at home. No complaints. Tyler Bishop, you're great. This morning, the whole read on the mascot stuff is so funny. Your sincerity in it is, uh, is fantastic. It makes the broadcast really fun to listen to. Anyways, Tyler, you're always great. Uh, Tim Brennan, fan. Keep it up. Okay, I wish I wouldn't have played that. Thanks, Tim. Oh, now, what now, a voicemail. What a voicemail. Oh, Tim's I the really best. wish I wouldn't have played that. Oh, that I was I should have played the two-minute one oh, from Steven. Tim, 
phenomenal work on that voicemail. Steven, I, by the way, Steven, I, I don't know if you're listening right now. I, I love you, mate, but two minutes. I, I don't, I, I can't play that, mate. Our, uh, one of our favorite listeners, Steven from Australia, left us a voicemail of over two minutes. And we are not going to be playing the voicemail that is over two minutes. I bet it's good. Like, I bet it's really good. All of his voicemails are good. But it's like, I'm going to have to, like, I would have to carve out showtime to play it. And it sucks. We didn't even pre-listen to the 21 second voicemail. Correct. So, yes. But thank you, Tim. Oh, God. See, Tim gets it. I am very sincere about the mascots. I will say that one of the things that the people who complained about, like, the biggest Raider hater that they left out. I don't think there's any show in Las Vegas that does more on the fact that Raider Rusher is an abomination. Oh my God. And he's going to be at the Lights <laughs> FC game on Friday. Oh, when I'm you there. are. You have got to take a picture Listen, with him. No, absolutely not. I oh, already, I'm texting your girlfriend. I already. Go, uh, you, you, don't worry. She finds him creepy too. I already risked my dog's life by letting Cash the soccer rocker pet Squash on Saturday. We can handle squash or squash. I don't, I don't feel like Cash the Soccer Rocker is like he's more terrifying in that like next door neighbor who never closes his robe type yes, of way. Absolutely. I don't think yes. his touch is poisonous. And Hey Reb is the one that's accidentally looked into his windows way too often. That's why he's so horrified so much. You are absolutely right. Cash is not as bad as Buckets. Cash is not as bad as uh Raider Rusher. No doubt about it, but he's still creepy. Raider Rusher looks like what if Pac-Man had a, like, went on a mental, like, lapse. Yeah. It's it's unreal what Raider Rusher is a mascot. Like, they're, they're, they're the Raiders. Like, pirates. Buccaneers. Like, a well, sword. They, they, they can't be either I mean, of those because be actual... then they would be from Pittsburgh and Tampa. But it's all the same thing. It's all the same mascot. And for some reason, their mascot is whatever the hell Raider Rusher is supposed to be. It's just a a, a head. I, I don't even know. I, I do, and I don't think it gets talked about enough, the fact that the Raiders logo genuinely features a guy wearing an eye patch and his other eye is closed. <laughs> <laughs> he navigates the ocean well, with the sense of smell. It here. does explain their first round draft picks yeah, the last couple of years. All right. I'm going to give you one very specific complaint in the show here about the little league world series. Oh God. I am so annoyed at the jerseys that they are wearing in the little league world series. And it's because You're the only one on this, on this hill, the jerseys have no indication where these teams are from every single team in the little league world series is wearing a jersey that just says little league baseball on it it does not say what region they're from like there's like a west region the great lakes region it doesn't say the region they're from it doesn't say the state they're from or the city they're from they are all the exact same jersey just slightly different colors there, you have no idea what two teams are on if you just looked at the jerseys. You have no clue because it doesn't say anything. How do you create jerseys for the Little League World Series and not give us any indication where each individual team is from? I'd be pissed if I was one of those 12-year-olds. 